The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sports on the Voice America Network. Living like it matters. And uh, first of all, I want to apologize to all of you out there. Last week, I was away on business. I had to go back and visit the Hall of Fame City, which is my hometown of Canton, Ohio. I think many of you may have uh, seen and heard about the expansion to the Hall of Fame Village. Got a, they had a nice little contract. I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 130 something million dollars. Uh, that a company decided to uh, partner with them and uh, allow them to have the naming rights. I think it's, uh, I don't want to get it wrong. I'll get the correct name for you. Uh, They paid a lot of money for us to identify them correctly, Uh, but 130-something-odd million dollars for the naming rights of the Hall of Fame Village in the Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio. So that's why I was away last week, Uh, but I'm back and I'm here, and uh, of course, as I always start off the show, what matters to me? Well, I, I cannot uh, acknowledge the fact that it is uh, Thanksgiving week. Uh, this is, of course, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and that is extremely important. It's uh, particularly here in this country, United States of America, uh, when we think about Thanksgiving. Uh, there's some mixed emotions about Thanksgiving, some mixed feelings when you really dig deep down into it. Uh, but I don't want to get all political on you today. I'm, I'm just going to be politically correct today. So I'm thankful uh, that I'm still here um, to celebrate another Thanksgiving with my family. I'm so happy for the fact that uh, my loved ones, I'll get a chance to see them, uh, spend a lot of time with them. But I got to say, truly, <laughs> what I'm really thankful for is it is rivalry weekend and rivalry, rivalry weekend for me means the Ohio State University playing against that team up north. Yeah, that's right, buddy. (laughs) That team up north is going to travel to Columbus. And I think we'll extend our Thanksgiving holiday and we'll just keep on feeding ourselves and chewing them up and spitting them out. It's going to be a good game, Uh, a great game, and and I will be in attendance. with my favorite girl in the world, Daddy Baby Girl. <laughs> All right, I said, listen, I, every night I could brag. This, this is Rail of Sports here on Voice America Network, so, you know, I can make it a little personal every now and then. But, uh, uh, yes, I will be traveling for the game, and, uh, and my daughter will also be traveling with me to witness her first ever Ohio State University football game in the shoe, the horseshoe. So, uh, 
we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later in the show. But uh, I want to talk about a little bit about the Monday Night Football game last night. I, I, I enjoyed watching Monday Night Football. Shout out to all those sports fans in Mexico. I mean... I mean, really think about it. It's the, you know, this is a global sports uh, where the NFL is doing everything they can to expand the reach and the audience of the National Football League, even by taking the show on the road. Took to Mexico. Uh, I, I guess uh, Donald Trump wouldn't be too happy with that. Uh, they let us across their borders, and uh, you know how that goes. So, <laughs> you know. But anyway, the Raiders. Raiders got it done. That's the bottom line. The Raiders found a way to get it done. But the Texans, you know, I feel you, brother. I feel you. I, I, I am, I'm an advocate for instant replay. I want to I get it right because I know the referees are not trying to get it wrong. They're human beings. All of us who complain so much about referees, believe me, if you had that job to do, ain't no way in the world. You would be half as good as they are. And they're just part-time employees. That's one of my criticisms. I believe that these men and women who now participate as officials in the National Football League should not be part-time people. They should be full-time employees. As a matter of fact, I think they make a pretty good, decent amount of money for the time they work now anyway. But I think we could increase that amount, have them just work on their skills, hone their skills during the time of which they're not actually calling games so that they can get better. Also, when we think about the technology, why bring instant replay into the equation if you're not going to use it? And, and I understand that we don't want every play should not review. I agree with that. Every play should not be reviewable. I understand that. I understand we don't want to, you know, I think at times they should just go ahead and let the play play out. You know, if it's a flag, there's a flag, but, but a flag should not stop any plays with the exception of when there is a person who without any contact is going directly toward the quarterback. That's one exception where I think a whistle could stop the play. And a quarterback has to stop the play for the safety of the quarterback. But if it's one of these things where you think the guy ran out of bounds, if it's, if it's close to a sideline and it's a questionable call, all you need to do on that play, drop a flag. That's what they should do. They do that. If you, if you watch a football game and there's a referee running down the sidelines and for some reason or another, he, he doesn't have, he can't grab his flag or he's already thrown his flag and, and he needs to spot the flag. He, thro- he drops his hat. He drops his hat. That's all they have to do. Sometimes we overthink things. All the referees have to do is say, gentlemen, for plays that are questionable, that have to deal with if a runner is inbounds or out of bounds, rather than stop the play with a whistle, what we're going to do is we're going to drop a flag, throw a flag, or drop your hat. Simply, the play will not stop. The play, but, but the play will be reviewed. That's that's the solution. It's not that hard. But sometimes I think we make it a little bit too difficult because there are people who again. 
oh, come on, man. You're, 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 you know, you're taking too much from the game. You know, you're basically going to penalize every other play. There's going to be a penalty. Well, you can call a penalty, not every other play, but you really can call a penalty on every play. When you, particularly when you go to the, to the line, when you go to the offensive line, the defensive lineman, just about on every play, our offensive lineman is probably holding. If you think about it, really, you know, if, if they, even if they want to get with that, get away with that, you know, put some kind of glove on them or something. You know, you could put those four, those gloves where the four fingers, you know, can't you can't use them, you can't hold. You know, do something like that. It could be padding. If you really don't want the guys to hold, if it's hand position and leverage, then get those kind of gloves. But there's going to be holding. You see a guy all the time, they say, as long as you keep your arms inside of the body and it doesn't extend when you're grabbing onto a person, then they will not call holding. If you take a person down, you twist him and grab him and take him down, that's holding. But Again, there's holding on every play. But there is an answer to a questionable play as it pertains to if a person is inbounds or out of bounds. And that's simply dropping a flag, let the play continue, do not blow the whistle. Man, that, you know, because there's just certain plays that just, when it's all said and done, you know, it, it costs you. But then again, let's think about this. Not only does that happen, Coaches make some decisions sometimes that can cost you. These are are high-pressure situations that people are making decisions in that most of us don't have to really experience that in our place of employment where you have to make a decision and you don't have a lot of time to think about it. You got to make that decision Take everything in consideration, and you've got 30 seconds to make that decision. That decision will determine if you are successful or if you fail. And you've got 30 seconds to make that decision. And you've got that decision to make not just one time. You may have to make that decision 100 times a a game. How many of you really could, if you really think about that? And the fact of the matter is if you make the wrong decisions, you really could lose your job. So you, it sounds so easy for me to say, at least I have an advantage that I've been in those situations, so, so I understand. I've had to make calls in those situations, so I understand. But it's not an easy job to do. I'm, I'm defending the referees, but I'm providing a solution. I'm defending the coaches, but I'm also providing a solution for them. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by The Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in The Daily Racing Forum, or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, of course, is Thanksgiving week. Get us a chance to see family and friends. And, and really, for those of you, if you believe in, you know, how it really started and what the real meaning of it was, maybe, maybe there was some mix-up back in the day. But you have a right and a chance to do it right and get it right for the purpose of what we all want to. Let's get together with family and friends, and let's just really acknowledge in my family, our tradition, we're going to thank God for everything that he's done for us He's doing for us. He's he's done for us. He will do. You know, it's just it's just it's just a time just to be very humble and just be thankful for what you have. You know, what's that song back in the day? You know, just be thankful for what you got, though you may not have a Cadillac, diamond in the back, sunroof top. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I was around back then. I can, I can go back there a little bit. So, uh, you know, just be thankful, that's all. Uh, for me, it's a little selfish. I'm going to be thankful that this week is rivalry week, and I'm going to get a chance to root for the Ohio State University. Let me give a shout-out, too, man. Uh, I think I may have given a shout-out, but I also I just want to shout-out again to my man, uh, Kevin Mack up there with the Cleveland Browns and just just the way they were just so so hospitable to to the former team uh, from 1986. You know, as we look back on, we look just on celebrating uh, the success that we had. It, it didn't get it. We didn't get the job done. And one thing I think that the National Football League should do a better job at. You know, a division championship is something that's at least worth acknowledging. And that's what we were acknowledging, that we did win the division championship. It's, it's not, I don't have a ring. We didn't win the conference championship. We didn't win the Super Bowl. But we did win the division, and we won more games than any team in history that ever won. But what all that did is that, that put the bar right there and told you what you had to achieve in order to jump over that position of which we achieved to get to the big dance. We just say, here's, here's, here's the mark right here. You got to jump over this mark to get to the big dance. And so if we won 12 games, you probably got to win 13 games in a conference to probably win a chance to go or earn a chance to go to the Super Bowl. We, we won 12, you know, and you probably got to win. That, that was regular season. So we probably, we, we were 12 and four regular season, won a game. So we were, um, 13 and four. And, uh, one more game, you know, and hey, <laughs> we'd have been in the big dance. So uh, anyway, so uh, the Ohio State University playing that school up north is a great game. Listen, uh, probably record-setting weekend for us television-wise. 
number two and number three in the country playing against each other in the same conference. Shout out to the Big Ten. Come on, give it up. Stop hating. I, I'm one of those guys. I, I'm, listen, I'm not bragging. It, it's not about bragging. But let me just brag a little bit. I was watching when the Buckeyes beat Michigan State, and the announcer said that there were 28 players on Michigan State's team that was from Ohio. I mean, come on, really, man? You going to come down there and take all our players from us? Can you imagine that? This is one of the top schools in the conference. They go to another state, and they take 28 of your top athletes, and they go to their school. Now, this other team that's in that state up north is going to roll on into Ohio this weekend, and they got a few ball players on their team from Ohio. Now, we may have a couple other, you know, a couple of the fellows that came, and I appreciate it. Man, shout out to my frat brother, Brother Webb, getting it done. Damian Webb getting it done back there in the second there. Okay, and our running back, 2-5, getting it done from that state up north. We appreciate that. But we got two good brothers, maybe five. They got one, one of their teams got 28. I, I think that's wrong. That's the, you know, you infiltrating, the, you know, you coming into the hood late at night or something. What, how, you getting, how in the world are you getting 28 of our guys to leave the state to go there? Nick Saban wouldn't go for that down there in Alabama. You not get Nick Auburn. He met Auburn, got a couple of people. They're in the same state. So it's just, it's just amazing to me. But anyway, the Ohio State University, going to play that school up north this weekend. I imagine it's going to be a, a very, very good game. I'm not even talking about us dominating them. I don't care about the domination. I care about one thing. When the horn is over and the skinny man is singing, fat man can sing. I don't care. I want us to have one more point than they have. I don't care what the score is. I don't care how many turnovers. I don't care how many touchdowns, field goals, yards rushing, yards passing. I don't care about any of that. I care about one thing. What is the final score? And that we have one point more than they do. And I'll be happy. That's all this is about. It's a rivalry week. You know, like you saw the commercial on TV, Bo, rivalry you, you, come on, y'all saw the commercial. I'm just trying to get my commercial in a little bit. But the Ohio State University will be playing against that school up north. It's going to be a great game. Woody and Bo up in heaven. And let me tell you something. Woody is chastising Bo right now. Might have him in the headlock. Might be punching him. He, he certainly, you know, looking at him with, you know, that look on his face. You know, when the old man get down, you know, in his stands and, you know, got his hat pulled down and, and looking across the aisle and Bo was on the other side of the field. Because, you know, Bo was an understudy of Woody's. You know that. And then he went on up there. Woo. It's going to be a good one this weekend. Get your popcorn ready. Saturday. Live. It's, it's 12 o'clock in the Midwest, so I would imagine it's going to be about mm, 10 o'clock in the morning. Don't miss it. Keep, keep your pajamas on. House shoes, everything. You know, slobber hat, all that. Keep it on. Just be ready to go. You could drink some, you could drink brew with your, you know, with your pajamas on. For this one, you can. You ain't going to leave anywhere. This Saturday, as a matter of fact, just let the family go ahead and do that uh, all day long. They could do that Friday shopping. They, they, they could do that Black Friday shopping. Take it all into Saturday. Let the fellas get the big screen TV, get the caveman, turn the whole house 
into the caveman house and just watch the game. Don't let nobody talk. Don't call me. Please don't. Well, if you call me, I'll be like, man, I'm at the game, man. Why are you calling me? You know I'm at the game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at the game right now. Right now. Right now. Yeah. You calling me. Woo. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where I just enjoy this time of the year. I got to be honest. One of my happiest moments in my life, it was in the big house. But we beat that team up north. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. Got me a nice little interception. It wasn't my man. I know I'm on TV. I know they saying I got beat deep. I'll take it. I'll take a hit for the team. But it wasn't my man. But that interception, that was me. And one thing, I, I just, because I love this so much, this rivalry between the Ohio State University and that, that school up north, there's a moment in history that I will never forget. They call that 1979 the block party. I, for whatever reason, I don't know. Coach Frizzell, Dennis Frizzell, shout out to Dennis Frizzell. Pete Carroll, shout out Pete. Yeah, I know Pete moved on doing big things, but Pete was a secondary coach in 1979. And I probably got the weakest voice. My, my voice ain't that deep down strong. Everything man right here, don't get it wrong. But ain't that deep, dark, strong voice. I don't have that kind of voice. But what I learned to do when you play football, you learn how to, like, bark. I don't know how Hanford Dixon, you know, going to take, you know, the dog pound up there in Cleveland. They learn how to bark. But you go deep down inside. And that's how you could, the stadium could be filled. And you can communicate to a brother on the other side of the field. He can, it, 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 it comes out of you just, you know, you go deep down inside. And so nobody knew all week long. Yeah, I'm talking about when we played that team up north, y'all, in 1979. And it was the block party. And we had been practicing all week long. And I don't know why they picked me, but I was the one that was just, I was the one that was going to tell everybody to move. It was time for us to get in a position. We had, been, we, had not, we had not tried to block a punt all year long. We had pump block on. We practiced it for the Michigan. We called it Michigan game. We haven't called it all year long. I really don't even know if we've done it all year long. In fact, I don't even think we practiced it all. We didn't even do it all year long. Michigan week, Coach Frizzell, they put it in. Ray, come here. I want you to be, you're going to be the one that's going to call this, okay? You wait for the center to get in place, wait for everybody to be set. And then I want you to go deep down and say, move. Man, <laughs> the most powerful word I've ever said in my life. Had the greatest impact of anything I ever did in my life. Made, a, made the stadium and people all over the world lose their mind. I said, move. And the fellas move. Jimmy Laughlin went in, blocked the punt. And God rest his soul. My man Big Bell picked it up. Todd Bell, 2-5, ran it in. The rest is history. 11-0. Rose Bowl, baby, national championship. That's what I'm talking about. That's what this is all about. There's many, 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 many stories. On my way driving today, I was thinking about the two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The only one to ever do it. Archie Griffith, how he's going to feel this weekend. Oh, you listen to Rail to Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Rivalry week. 
The Ohio State University against that team up north. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel sports and medicine go hand in hand quite simply if you aren't up to your game health wise you won't be up to your game on the field that's where bruce the sports doc comes in dr bruce grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, of course, is Thanksgiving for us uh, here in the United States of America. I say that because, you know, Voice America Sports is global. It's not just here in the United States. People all over the world can hear this show. It's streaming live right now. Of course, this is uh, Tuesday uh, before Thanksgiving. So there's people all over the world who can listen to this show. So, uh, But here in the United States of America, on Thursday, we're getting ready to eat a whole lot of turkey and watch a whole lot of football. On Saturday, we're getting ready to watch <clears throat> one game in particular, and that is the Ohio State University is going to you know, take it to them boys up north. But let me just back up a little bit. And let me get stuck on Thursday. I talked about the Raiders. I gave a shout-out and appreciation to the Cleveland Browns. Um, the NFC East is doing something special this year. Oh, everybody's got a winning record in the NFC East. And, and for a while, just about everybody was winning the division. The Eagles had it wrapped down, you know, held it down for a minute. Then I think the Giants had it. Redskins, you know, doing their thing for a minute. Cowboys had it the whole time. Somebody, you know, when the you know, first two games, you know, the Eagles, I think they did okay. So them and the Cowboys kind of like start off a little bit. But it's one of these things where the NFC East is bringing some old school football back. And we're going to talk about that. And we got a good friend of us who always calls the show. We got, we got Keith. And, 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 and I'm, I was just about to get into that, that Thanksgiving where we're eating a whole lot of turkey. And, and it, it's going to be the Cowboys and the Redskins. So we're going to take time out to watch that, I in particular, because I'm, I got mixed emotions. The Cowboys got a damn good football player, damn good football team. But 
one player in particular is helping him out a lot, and I think everybody knows who that is. Zeke is eating it up. They feeding him, too. Keith, how you doing out there? Hey, doing good, Ray. <laughs> good to hear from you, man. I, I, I know I've been away a little bit, and, and we've missed each other on a couple shows, but, uh, man, I know uh, the Eagles got the Packers coming in there, but but the Cowboys and the Redskins, we, we got to talk about that for a little bit, Keith. I mean, I mean, I, if, ever no, we, if ever we wanted to watch the Cowboys, you know, play a game, and we looking for somebody else, you know, to help give us a little bit of help, uh, although the Redskins are getting a little bit arrogant, uh, this is going to be a good football game. Yeah, this is going to be Sunday. Yeah, this is going to be a good football game. I think the the Redskins and the Cowboys. I I definitely look for it to be a good football game. Uh, I I, I got to be honest, Keith. I, man, I, you know the Cowboys. They they got a damn good football team, and and I I don't see the Redskins. I see them maybe challenging them, but I don't see the Redskins beating the Cowboys. And I think it's in Dallas. Am I right? It's in Dallas, and Washington found themselves a good running back. So there's going to be some uh, challenges to their defense. Um, but I, you're right. I, I agree. I agree. Now, Dallas got, I mean, Dallas got a great running back. The Redskins got an okay running back. I'm not, I'm not going to say they got the same thing that Dallas has on that other side of the field over there. Yeah. Uh, and and I think the Cowboys, Cowboys just bring some old school football, Keith. You know, everybody's talked about the passing game. But one thing that, you know, if you play the game or you watch the game, even if you've got a great passing game, there comes a time where the clock is, you know, your worst enemy. And so the way you try to neutralize that clock is with, with your running game. And so if your running game is your primary game, then you were doing pretty good. And I think the Cowboys have gone back to the days where, you know, I, I tell everybody this is so funny because, you know, you wanted to watch out for the Cowboys because they had a receiver over there who might shoot you with his guns, you know. He'd pull them out, double holster on you, and shoot you Butch, that Butch Johnson back in the day. But, but you know, Tony Dorsett and those guys, they had a hell of a running game going. And, and that was really... That was the Drew Brees, I mean, Drew Pearson, those guys, they did a great job. Bush Johnson, they did a great job. Uh, I, I think Cosby, uh, the tight end, you know, they a hell of a receiving core. But it yeah. was the running backs, you know, that was special, the running back that was special for the Dallas Cowboys, of course, and their quarterback. But but I think they're going back to that. Do you think Cow, the Cowboys, their bread and butter is their running game? Or, you you know, obviously you got Des Bryant, but I think, you know, and, and Jason Witten, the Hall of Fame tight end, but I, I, I like that running game. What do, you, what do you think about that and how much they're going to depend upon their running game the rest of the year? Well, they got a good balance. That's one thing that they have they haven't had in a long time. You're absolutely right. And in terms of their running game, it's dependable. Uh, I think that's the key word. That's one of the things with Dorsett. It was dependable. And it wasn't necessarily him always running, but being a receiving threat coming out of the backfield. And that's what they've got now. Uh, I think I think your analogy is absolutely correct. They're getting back to where they were back when you and I were both young. That's right, Keith. And you know, you 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 mentioned something, and I want to uh, concur with you on that. Is that Tony was an excellent back out of the backfield that could catch the ball, especially in them screens. And Zeke is a very good receiver as well, and that's another element he adds to the passing game, so, and, and he can pick up on the blocks. And that's one thing that's good about a running back when he's in the backfield, particularly when he's trying to really set up a screen, is if it's a blitz, he really takes the time out to 
make you think that he's going to block you. But when it's a normal pass, he is blocking you. So therefore, you know that, hey, this guy's blocked me before. So now when you're coming at him full speed because it's a blitz, you think that he really is going to block you. And then he slips it and catches that ball. And in the open field, man, he, 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 I, he I've, when you look at Zeke, I, I'm, I haven't heard many people say this, but I want to draw an analogy of somebody, and it's not Tony Dorsett that Zeke reminds me of at all because he's way too big. As a matter of fact, I saw a picture of him and Tony Huggins, and I couldn't believe how much bigger he was than Tony. But um, I'm going to say a name, and I'm going to ask you if you see any similarities because, one, they're big, two, they're strong, and three, they're fast, and four, they could catch those little screen passes and do something with them. That's another guy from down there in Texas, Earl Campbell. What is what you, any, you see any similarities between those two guys? I think you're absolutely right. Uh, the only difference uh, between the two is Campbell was more prone to run you over. Yeah, I was going to add that. You know, that was the last one. I was going to add. That was the last. One. I was going to add the punishment. Earl, yeah. Earl finished it, and Walter did that too. Earl Campbell and Walter Payton, they finished the run with punishment. They didn't do the old, you know, Franco Harris run out of bounds thing. They wanted to punish the tackler many times, and 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 I think Zeke, you know, his ability to hurdle has got a couple guys in some trouble too because they think he may be about to punish them, and next thing you know, you know, he's. Taking off, he's, he's he's in the air, but but you're right about that that Earl Campbell thing. But I I just see a little bit of that in Zeke. I'm surprised I haven't heard the comparison on on television. But I can't really think of anybody else in the past few years that I've seen that has any similarity to he. I mean, he has he can do it all. He has it all. He has the ability to to run, to catch, to block. Um, just simply does it all. I, I'm giving him so much praise, man. But again, that's that's the Dallas Cowboys we're talking about. How are the folks back there in Philadelphia feeling about the Cowboys' success? They they have surprised everybody, and I think what they have this year, in terms of two quote unquote rookies, in terms of um, the running back and the quarterback, who are both, although they're in their first year, they're playing like second- and third-year players. They're playing at that level. They're playing with their head, showing that they've got some experience and, and, and a good knowledge of the game, and that's the one thing that I think nobody expected. Um, they're playing like second- and third-year players. Well, we had a guy... Making a difference. We, now, you know, we had a guy under center that was playing like second- and third-year players for a while there, too. What, what's happening with Carson? Is, is, is there some problems there? Uh, that you can explain, or uh, is it something that's unexplainable at this time for the folks back there in Philadelphia? It's hard to say. I, I think one of the good things that happened with the Wentz was, and what showed early, was the fact that he is being coached by Doug Peterson and, and Frank Wright, and two ex-NFL quarterbacks who may not have had the best of skills, but had a very good knowledge and understanding of the game. Uh, I think Frank Wright, probably a little bit more than, than Doug, had some of the skills needed, but played behind a really great guy in terms of Jim Kelly. But I think that they've both been able to school and educate Carson, and you see it. Uh, what's catching up to the Eagles is the fact that their offense is not varied enough. They can be very easily defensed. And so they don't have some of the options. Uh, I think when they're trying to go to some of that, 
Wentz is not there yet. But I don't think any of the three of them are there yet. Well, I, uh, let me just say, you made a couple great points here. But one thing I will tell you about a quarterback that um, perhaps maybe in the league has had a, a long tenure but not a lot of playing time, that, that's exactly what they are. They are students of the game. And they rely more on their football intellect uh, because they're part of calling plays, even from the sidelines. The coaches got them calling the plays, sending in signals and all that. Uh, and so they spend more time uh, from a mental aspect of preparation for the game because every play that the coach, the coach has got the entire playbook that they want to consider, and that backup quarterback's got to know the signal to that play. So he knows just about everything. He may know more than the starter himself. But we're going to talk about that a little bit more on the other side of the break. Keith, hold on if you can. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And, and it's living like it matters. Let me just, for one second, I, I have to do this. Again, it's Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. So every now and then I can get a little stuffy, and it's important to me. What's important to me is to acknowledge that I'm thankful for my lovely, beautiful wife of 34 years. I hope I got it right, baby. Who was just acknowledged for her role in the development of the first time ever that there is a student in the public education system that will be identified as a sustainability officer. Uh, she did that here in Phoenix. It was acknowledged by the city government, where she, of course, is an employee for the city of Phoenix, state sustainability officer. But she came up with uh, something that was uh, the first time ever in the United States of America uh, high schools will have a sustainability officer who will take care of this earth and who they, too, will make sure that we all are living like it matters. And 
to make sure that those who come after us, that we leave it better than we found it. So that's my boy Scott Lovely right there. So anyway, uh, Keith, uh, let's get back to you, man. We were talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and, and their quarterback situation and, and when what Carson was hot and, and then he was cold, the benefit of him having some quarterbacks uh, who was his head coach and, and the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach uh, to help him. Uh, but still, uh, he finds himself in a position where he is up against the Philadelphia Eagles are up against the Giants, the Redskins, and the Cowboys are all ahead of them. And then they got a Green Bay Packer team that's coming in this weekend uh, that uh, or Thursday night that's coming in there. I believe it's Thursday night because uh, it's Thanksgiving night, but they got that's the Monday pick. game. I'm sorry, it's the Monday night game. I'm sorry, Thursday is the Cowboys game. They had the Monday night game. They got the they got the Packers coming in who just lost. And who Aaron Rodgers is, is going through all kinds of stuff. I, I, for some reason or other, the people really don't want to stop and, and identify that the man is a human being. And he's got some issues, personal issues, that's going on with his family that could be affecting his performance. All we got to do is just look at, uh, of course, what, what happened in basketball. And, and we can see how sometimes that family distractions could spill over into your preparation for game. But anyway, let's, let's look at the Eagles. Do you really see... The Eagles having a chance to make it to the playoffs with this division being so tough. I, I don't think they're going to The Cowboys are going to win the division. Do you think the Eagles got a chance to make a wild card appearance in this year's playoff based upon the remaining schedule and what they're up against in the NFC? Uh, no, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because the balance of their schedule is really against uh, their division opponents who are playing head and shoulders above them right now. I think what part of Wentz's problem is now is that, uh, although, like you say, uh, he's being tutored by students of the game, uh, they're not on the, out on the field, and they can't help him uh, read the defenses, and the defenses are, are becoming more complex, and that only comes with experience, and that's on-the-field experience, and that's, I think, what's catching up to Wentz now. That's why you're seeing some of the incomplete throws, some of the interceptions, uh, just some of the bad calls that he's making in terms of playmaking. Yeah, I, I, I watched us, the Seattle game, and, you know, you just watch Russell Wilson go through his reads. And people can say what they want to say about a quarterback, you know, a running quarterback or a mobile quarterback. Listen, you're playing football. Any skill set that you have that can add to your ability to perform, you want to have it. I'm telling you, I don't care what it is. If you can run, uh, if you got good feet, uh, if you're very athletic, if you're intelligent, uh, if you're tough, uh, you know, if, if you got a good heart, uh, if you got leadership quality, you want to have every attribute that possible that person can have to get you out on that football and prepare you so that you are the best at what you do. And for me, when I see Russell Wilson, I mean, this man, he can really do it all. Russell's not the biggest person in the world. And then when I look at Carson, I see somebody who I remember when he came in, they were saying that, you know, he was big. He was, you know, he was tall. I think he's 6'4", 6'5". You know, they talk about the system that he was in. They looked at the early success, although they didn't think, you know, Early on, I don't think they thought he was going to be the guy, but we know what happens. You know, Matthew is out of there. 
Carson's in there. Uh, but I think it was he was exposed, and they were able to play it back on television a couple of times where he stared down some receivers. You can't have guys like Richard Sherman back there in the backfield and stuff like that, and you know Chancellor and those guys, and you staring down receivers. So I, I think what's going to happen is, as I think he's going to go into the film room, we're going to see some improvement. Uh, with him throughout the year. And I think at this particular time, what's important is that he improves, but that the team improves because the team did start off good this year. In fact, uh, I think back in the day, we started off 6-0. and uh, They, for a while, we thought they might have gotten that, reached that. They didn't reach it. But certainly, I think uh, what we're looking at now, we're looking at, I think some of the, the pieces are there uh, but we got to finish out strong. We don't need to lose the rest of these games. We need to win some of these games because we can disrupt some things in the NFC East if we win some of these games. I think I think we got everybody on the schedule again, the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Giants, at least are on the schedule uh, one more time. Am I correct? That's correct. Yeah, so we, so we got some... That's them from making a wild card. That's right. Got, they start to play everybody again. That's right. Well, that's another thing I think the league has done with the schedule is there was a time, Keith, where, you know, where it used to be like basketball almost. There were games that didn't count, you know, and I think Roger came in and did shake up the scheduling so that now that you're playing divisional opponents and there are no games that don't count unless you've run the table and you're like, Going into the last game, you're like 15 and 0, you know, or and some people have been there, you know, 13 or whatever, you know, uh, those last games don't count. But um, I, I, one thing I like to know, how's uh, Ryan Matthews doing? What's what's the update on on the injury to Ryan? He, Ryan has looked quicker and more mobile and agile than he has ever looked. You know, this past few games, man, maybe dropped some weight or he he did something because his quickness and burst is better than it's ever been. But but how's his health? Uh, I think I think the knee is is, is going to keep him um, really limited this week. Same thing with Sproles. Um, but you're right. Um, I think perhaps I think maybe it's the offense. Itself, I think that the offense is better suited to him this year. Uh, same same problems that they all had with Kelly's offense. I think that um, it's, just, it's another year experience with the line, and he's more comfortable with the type of offense that they're running. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, and uh, so now it's just a matter of the health issues. Yeah, and you know, one thing that really makes me stop and think about what you just said about Kelly's offense. Is how the hell does Murray go someplace and run for a thousand yards and can't get you know a couple with us, <laughs> you know, and then he goes someplace else and runs for a thousand yards. So yeah, you know, I guess it might have been the chip factor. We we do have to consider that because uh, I I was ready to just write Murray off, you know, and uh, and and I think. Uh, he, uh, he, I think he was certainly motivated when he came to play for us because he, the Cowboys trade him to inside the same division, you know, so that's incentive enough. So I'm thinking it probably was the offense and, and things of that nature. But um, there's a couple other things I, I want to ask you, Keith, in terms of, uh, you know, what, what's going on back there. Uh, first of all, I just got to change the sport on this real fast. The Sixers are starting to look like they know how to play basketball. Suddenly they do. They won it. They 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 won a couple games. In fact, they probably won more games than they, they won four games. <laughs> four wins. Wow, uh, it's unbelievable. Are, are people starting to go back and, and actually watch them? Four wins before Christmas. How about that? Oh man, that's a that's a great Christmas present, man. And because you know, <laughs> you talk about Philadelphia and you talk about Philadelphia basketball, some of the greatest basketball out there ever existed. And for that oh, team yeah. to be as bad as it was, that that was something that was. Uh, 
it, it was devastating to me to to talk about to have a conversation, you know, about the Philadelphia 76 the last couple of years. So so I'm I'm really excited about that. So shout out to the Sixers, and I'm happy that they're uh, they're going to be turning things around. But uh, let me ask you, uh, get back to the Eagles and and the Packers. Uh, what do you think our chances are? Uh, you got a, a, a very um, angry. Green Bay Packer team that's still maybe in the hunt. They may have a chance still. Uh, you think the Eagles can um, can come out with a victory? Aaron's going to have to prove some things. Uh, just that he's still, you know, he may be getting older, but he's not finished. Uh, he's still a very competitive spirit. Um, what do you think the Eagles' are, uh, chances of winning against the Packers? The Eagles got to play as, as, as alive and as aggressive as they played against Atlanta. You're absolutely right. The Packers are... Uh, they're coming in as a dangerous team. Um, they've got some, some holes. They've got some issues. Um, but they're at the pro level, and they've got a lot of pride. Um, they're dangerous. Yeah, that uh, and I, you know, the the Packers is the Packers is, is a team that I mean, we were expecting them to be in, in the Super Bowl hunt. You know, we weren't certainly weren't expecting a season like this uh, from the Green Bay Packers. Everybody has injuries, so we we can't talk about injuries. Everybody has injuries. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings has injuries, and and look where where they're at. You know, they're still competitive. You got to have backup players, so injuries is not an excuse for the team being poorly, uh, and, unless it's like you. Every one of your quarterbacks on the roster, like the Cleveland Browns, get injured. <laughs> you know, we then we might we might be able to take that for an excuse. But uh, but most of the time, we're, we're not looking to take that for an excuse. Uh, the biggest surprise out there for you uh, this year is is it the uh, is it the um, mm, Dallas Cowboys or is it that is it still the New England Patriots because they are where they are and, and Tom Brady was out for so many games even though Seattle went in there and was able to beat them last week. Um, which one of the, what's the biggest surprise in terms of teams this year for you? Actually, the biggest surprise for me this year is, is your hometown boys, Cardinals. What the hell happened? <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess that would be a surprise in terms of the lack of productivity. You, you're exactly right. They, uh, I think it's it's one of those things where the Cardinals the disappointment surprise. That, that's that's the disappointment exactly you know and I was thinking more of a of a a, dis- a surprise that was you know just a that successful surprise a success- has got to be the Cowboys but disappointment is for as good as the Cowboys are and like I said earlier uh, they've got two first year players who are playing like second and third year that's what surprises me that you've got two people in two key positions that. Um, are playing as well and as consistent as they are. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Um, it's one of those things where as even though the Cowboys drafted Dak, I, I just don't think that he, in my mind, I'm not sure they saw him as their future quarterback, certainly not that the future is now. I think right. they drafted him uh, in the later rounds, you know, as they do a lot of times, teams always draft quarterbacks in the later rounds, you know, just taking a chance. Uh, but the, but his stock did dra- drop because I think he had a DUI or something during the draft time. So he, he, he was, he at one time was a very, very good prospect that a lot of people were looking at. But I think they, they just took it as a lack of immaturity, uh, the DUI, and, and, and that caused him to drop a bit. But the success that they are having, I don't think they anticipated even if they did expect it, they expected it was going to come from Tony Romo in the backfield with 
Zeke because I believe that Zeke was part of the solution, and I think it would have if Tony was still here. I'm not going. I'm not going to give the credit that Dak has. You know what? He, what he, the success he has achieved, and say that Tony would have done that because I've seen Tony over the years, and he hasn't done that. As a matter of fact, I don't think they've had the kind of record they have now since 1977. So, <laughs> I, I, why would I think Tony Dorsey? I mean that uh, Tony Romo's all of a sudden going to change things. Uh, I got to give it to Dak. Got to give it to Zeke. Uh, Jerry, uh, I think if if Tony Romo was healthy earlier, I think Jerry would have pulled the plug and I think he would have inserted Tony back into the lineup and I don't think the Cowboys will be would have been where they are now. So uh we gotta thank Jerry Jones for um, you know, the success they yep, had. I, I agree with you hundred percent. You got yeah. a good you got a good mix, you have to stay with it. Yeah. And it's not the hot hand. It's it's right now it's a good combination that's working as a team. And it looks like and it looks like Tony Romo may be out of Dallas because he's, his contracts I think is, is, is a contract issue and they're certainly not going to pay him the kind of money they paid him before knowing that he's injury you, you got to acknowledge now he's injury prone he, he's going to get hurt again if you put him he's yep. going to get hurt again as a matter of fact one last question to you if you're Tony Romo do you consider retirement uh, no I think I give it one more shot. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that, Keith, because I got to think about Peyton Manning. And when I, I said Peyton should have retired, and I thought Peyton should have retired only I, as I was looking out for his health. I thought it could be some long-term health issues that he could deal with. But I tell you what, Keith, thank you for calling. A happy Thanksgiving to you and the family and all those people out there in the city of brotherly love. You've been listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.